There is something in every one of you that waits and listens for the sound of the genuine in yourself. It is the only true guide you will ever have. And if you cannot hear it, you will all your life spend your days on the ends of strings that somebody else pulls. Howard Thurman. I am Otis Moss, and I'm your guide for the Inward Journey, a Howard Thurman podcast. Howard Thurman, for me, was quite transformative. And I will say that because being a black person growing up in the National Baptist Convention, USA Incorporated to be exact, um... I felt as though I didn't really have a space for asking necessary questions of my faith. I did not have a way to um, really deal with um, doubt and criticism. And um, I didn't have a way to you know, ha- have my questions answered. They really weren't even supported or welcomed. So I came across Howard Thurman in a time in my life where I had pretty much given up on the church. And I listened to, I remember it vividly on YouTube, there was a, um, an audio of Howard Thurman giving a sermon at the, um, the All People's Fellowship Church in uh San Francisco, I believe, um, or in California. And in this sermon, he talked about, the text was, uh, the title of the sermon was, What Do You Want Really? What Do You Want Really? And this sermon, first of all, Howard Thurman is obviously, uh, this is why many people love him, he is a poet, he's a lyricist, um, he's a wordsmith. Uh, so he can take one particular topic and s- explicate it for many paragraphs and take it right back to the original point. <laughs> um, he uses description and he uses great verbs and adjectives, but you also feel as though you are with him. Um, so I remember listening to this sermon and I said, wow, this is really deep. <laughs> <laughs> it's really deep, um, but it was also the, the question, what do you want to really? Um, the, the sermon was framed around this idea that everything in your life um, should be framed around, should be targeted towards what do you want? Um, and being a young college student, uh, who was trying to figure out whether I want to be bothered with the church or whether I want to be bothered with, you know, faith um, or even really God. <laughs> I came to um, determine through this sermon um, a way for me to really think through what do I want, really? Not based upon anything else, um, any other outside stimuli, but what do I want? 
and let that be the driving force for all my actions. So Howard Thurman was transformative to me. He started that. He started me on a path of faith that worked for me, um, that gave me voice, that gave me, um, that saw me, really. Um, and I will also add that when I was a student at Morehouse College, um, this is how Howard Thurman was so impactful. There was a, uh, his biography, his autobiography called With Head and Heart. Um, I picked this up in the Woodruff Library on the Atlanta University um, Center campus. Um, the Woodruff Library is actually on Clark, Atlanta, uh, Clark Atlanta's campus. However, I picked up this book, just scavenging through the, the, um, the shelves. And I started reading this book, and he started talking about his life and um, talking about how he learned how to be faithful, not just through his spirit, not just through his heart, but also through his mind. And that it is possible for him to ask questions of God. That not only is it possible, but it's actually um, that is faithful to ask questions of God um, to, to um, sometimes doubt is a part of it's natural. Um, so again, those are that's the ways he Howard Thurman taught taught me those things. Even you know, as a um, person coming up over a hundred years after his birth. <laughs> Um, still blessed by the um, the fruit of his intellect and his work. Um, that's how Howard Thurman impacted me. Howard Thurman is important for us because Howard Thurman teaches us um, how to slow down. How to slow down. Um, I consider myself to be a mystic in some ways. Um, and what is a mystic? And a mystic is typically one who leans into the mysteries of God. I, my friends make fun of me because I oftentimes am okay. I'm so okay with the gray area. And as a person of faith, sometimes it's really difficult to be gray. Sometimes God does not always come through, right? Um, what do you do in that liminal space when God is silent? Um, and that is okay, to be in that liminal space when God is silent. Um, or even when you don't know what to do next, it's okay to not have it figured out. That's the gray area. So for Howard Thurman, um, in lots of his, his texts, and one of them that are coming to mind mostly is Meditations of the Heart. And in, his, in, the, in Meditations of the Heart, it's essentially a collection of devotions and meditations on all kinds of human emotions, uh, human crises, joys, triumphs, whatever. And in that book, he talks about what it is like to feel as though you are isolated, what it is like to feel like you are, um, uh, 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 you don't know where to go, right? Um, and that that comes from a place, Howard Thurman, that work from Howard Thurman comes from a place of contemplation. He comes, he his writing 
it's not a sole intellectual enterprise. It's not an endeavor simply from, you know, putting some words on paper. Um, but I remember vividly when I was at Morehouse, we went to these, this room in Cell Hall um, that was said to be the room where Howard Thurman would meditate. And we, we oftentimes, um, Dean Lawrence, Edward Carter, would show us this, this rocking chair um, where he would sit for hours and hours <laughs> meditating, meditating. And from the wellspring of that, of that um, turf that had been fertilized over those hours come his work. That's why you can read his work and get a whole, a brand new understanding over and over and over again. Um, they don't do it like that anymore. <laughs> they don't do it like that. You know, one sentence from Howard Thurman, you're just like, wow, my brain is on steroids <laughs> right now. Um, but again, it comes from that place. Because more than just, again, more than just the the words and the, the beautiful imagery and the personification that he uses in his work. Um, he, it comes from a practice of, of prayer. Um, he took seriously prayer. He took seriously meditation. Um, but more, but even more than that, um, people don't always know that Howard Thurman was the reason why nonviolence as a concept came to America and inspired the civil rights movement. Um, Howard Thurman, on a pilgrimage to India, met Mahatma Gandhi. And he met Mahatma Gandhi, uh, who uh, shared with him this concept of ahisma, which is nonviolence. And Thurman brought that back to the United States and shared that with his students um, through the Fellowship of Reconciliation. I believe at the time he was at, um, he may have been a, a professor at Morehouse and he eventually went to Bo uh, Boston. But he shared that with his students. And one of his, one of his students was Martin Luther King Jr. And Martin Luther King Jr. took that concept and changed the world. Um, but it was again a part of an entire movement. Of course, that was not Martin Luther King was just wasn't just one of his students, and wasn't the only one of his students. It was many who were inspired by that concept, um, by this practice, this spiritual practice. Really, that's what it is. Um, so I think, you know, Howard Thurman. I mean, we can go on and on and on how Howard Thurman has been so absolutely influential on the makeup of our society. But it's oftentimes considered, I would consider him an unsung hero. Um, so many, so many ways in which we're dealing with the world. I mean, in, in, the, in the 40s, he started a multiracial congregation in California. A multiracial California, a, a multiracial congregation in, the, in, in California, in the United States, in the midst of Jim Crow. This is before civil rights. So he was experimenting with this idea um, that came from an ethic that we are all made in the image of God. And it really was, it again, was rooted in this, um, in this background of him um, believing, um, you know, that the way that society is cannot be it. It cannot be the end. 
it doesn't work. So um, Howard Thurman, for me, again, you know, it's, that's why we should be knowing about Howard Thurman. That's why we should be studying Howard Thurman. That's why we should be meditating on his work uh, and really using him as an exemplar um, for moving forward. I mean, he was way beyond his time in the 1930s, 1940s, 1950s. He was setting a precedent that the world, that American society was not ready for. There was no way they could have been ready for it. But we are now benefiting benefiting from those practices and from that exemplar. So, yeah. So, actually, it's interesting that um, that question came up. So, here at Trinity, next Sunday is Youth Sunday. And um, I serve as the youth pastor um, in turn. And one of the things that I was that came to mind when we were, um, I was looking at the scripture, that's the basis of our theme, which is Philippians 3, uh, 13 through 14. Um, I do not consider myself um, to have everything figured out, letting go things behind and pressing on toward the mark, um, the prize, the high calling, which is in Christ Jesus, right? Um, and I kept thinking about what's the prize? <laughs> what is the prize for real, you know? What is the prize? Um, and something came to me, you know, uh, at Morehouse, we were indoctrinated in so many ways. Uh, <laughs> but there was uh, there's a story that I would never forget. Uh, and Pastor Moss oftentimes talks about this. Um, Howard Thurman mentioned this in his biography, his autobiography with Head and Heart, um, on how the crown has been placed above your head. Um, all you have to do is grow tall enough to wear it. And that is what that means is that the crown is the goal. The crown is the prize. The crown is who you are to become. Um, in, 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 I believe is, um, well, I'm just gonna say it. It's in the Bible. <laughs> it says it does, it does not yet appear what you shall be for you shall be like Christ. And we're always constantly pushing towards becoming like Christ. It's an ever present progressive project to become like Christ. We don't ever attain it, right? You don't ever attain it. We have glimpses of it. We would never attain it. So for, for me, that particular quote from Howard Thurman was the basis of us using crowns. We we're going to place crowns on our young people's heads, every, every young person in the sanctuary um, during Youth Sunday, because I want to remind them that your crown, as Maya Angelou said, has already been bought and paid for. All you have to do is wear it. But not, not only that, similar to Howard Thurman, you have to grow tall enough to wear. Sometimes the crown is too heavy, right? Um, but life will cause you, if you keep pressing on, to gain the the, the strength in your neck, <laughs> to have the strong enough muscles to be able to hold your head up high with your crown on your head and grow tall enough, as Howard Thurman said, to wear it. Um, so this is, that's just that's just one one antidote from Howard Thurman that we could really feast off of. Um, and again, as I mentioned before, Howard Thurman has a plethora 
I mean, a, a, a significant amount of stuff that we can just be blessed from. I mean, his, 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 again, his, he really nurtured his spiritual practice. He's nurtured his spirit. And again, all of his work comes from that place of deep spiritual, spiritual awakening. Um, in one of his books called uh, Journey to the, Journey Inward, right? Journey Inward, um, going deeper the deep, deep, deep into this essence of who we are as spirit beings. Um, and if we just simply, I mean, this generation, you know, we're, we're dealing with young people who are significantly anxiety induced, um, uh, significantly depressed, significantly, um, uh, dealing with, uh, uh, uh doubting their self-worth and their self-esteem, um, all from this false reality that is curated by social media. Howard Thurman gives us an opportunity if we learn from Howard Thurman, to nurture that spiritual part, to nurture um, the, the, the thing that is within you, uh, to tap that, to tap that. Uh, because as we tap that, we're able to come into a particular kind of peace that surpasses all understanding if we're going to be you know, churchy, <laughs> the peace that surpasses all understanding. And I believe that Howard Thurman, you know, in, 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 so, in, in so many ways exemplified that. Um, remember Dr. Uh, Dean Carter would mention to us on how sitting in the presence of Howard Thurman is almost as though you're, you felt as though you were sitting in the presence of royalty. Because you ever met one of those church mothers who, who you know, you know they can get a prayer through. You know what I'm saying? You know that they get they got they got God on speed dial. <laughs> you can't come around them with no mess. You can't come around them with no negativity. They will bind that in the name of Jesus real quick in a hurry, right? And Howard Thurman was said to have been that kind of person. Um, and that his he had again nurtured his spiritual self has spent so much time in prayer and meditation that it has started to kind of seep from its pores. Um, so that's the, that's what we have. I mean, that, that's a, that's, that's a lesson for, that's a lesson for our young people today, for this generation. Um, what, did, what would it mean to be able to have space to think about God in both an intellectual way but without, but also without negating how important it is to engage God with your heart. I am Otis Moss, and I'm your guide for the Inward Journey, a Howard Thurman podcast.